Who's glad to be in church today? A couple of you. It's good. It's good. Who's glad to be in church today? Come on. Good morning, Lakeview Church, and welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad that you're here. Uh, Happy New Year. It's the first Sunday of the year, and we're excited to dig into what God has for us in the year that is ahead of us, and we're excited to see what God's going to do during 2024. I want to do what I do every single Sunday. I want to look right into that camera and just welcome all of you who are joining us online, whether you're watching live in this moment right now or on demand sometime later. We're so very glad that you've taken time to be with us, and for those of us here in the room, we just want to welcome you and let you know how glad we are that you're here. So church, can we do that right now? Twenty twenty three is in the books, and we started twenty twenty three this time last year, saying that our theme for twenty three was to put God first, and we focused in on Matthew chapter six verse thirty three, and we said that that our whole emphasis for the year was that we would seek God first, his kingdom, his righteousness, knowing that all of these other things would be added to us as well. That's what Matthew six thirty three says, and so we we called on every single one of us as a church to put God first, to put him first in our life, in our, in our day, in our spiritual journeys, in our finances, in our relationships, put him first in our church, put him first wherever we go and whatever we're doing. And, and I just wanna say, looking back on 23, I believe that you did that. And the reason I believe that you did that as a church is because God has been working so powerfully in and among and through us over this last year. It's just been exciting to see what God is doing. I look at our church in 2023, and you might not be aware of this, but, but we saw this congregation of people grow. More people started coming to our church and, and getting involved, and it was exciting for me to get a report just this last week on our numbers from December of 23 versus where we were in December of 2022, the year before, and our average attendance had, between those two months, was a difference of 50 people. We'd grown by 50 people in average attendance in one year. Yeah, praise the Lord. It's not... It's not all about attendance numbers, but what that does tell us is that there are more and more people who are coming into this community and they're being welcomed, they're being loved, they're finding a place that they can call home and they're joining this body and we are excited about that. More importantly than just people coming to church, we've seen people come to faith. Dozens of people come to faith in 2023, and we got to baptize people in 2023. Even just in the last few weeks of the year, we were able to have a couple baptism services and walk with people into the waters of baptism as they publicly profess their faith in Jesus Christ. And we're excited about the spiritual transformation that God is at work doing in our midst. We've seen people uh, in our congregation take steps of faith in 2023. And again, you might not know all of those stories, and, and there are really too many for you to know all of them, but, but I get to interact with so many of you and hear about ways that God challenges you to take a step. And when you take a step and God meets you there and opens a door and makes a way where there doesn't seem to be a way, God's been at work among us. 
And when we came to the end of 23, we, we were launching the Go initiative. Remember, we spent September and October really kind of pushing into what God has for us in these next couple of years. And, and it was so exciting as we asked you as a congregation to just put God first by listening to God and doing whatever God asked you to do. And 91 commitment cards for our Go initiative came in, totaling $1.9 million of investment over these next two years. And we celebrate that. But what's even more amazing is that when we started the month of November, we began giving towards those commitments. And how many people know it's one thing to fill out a commitment card, it's another thing to write a check. Those are two different things. That commitment card is not attached to your bank account, but that check is. And here's what's been amazing, just between November and December, just in those few weeks, you as a congregation gave $267,000 towards that commitment for the Go Initiative. Yeah, it's, it's something to celebrate. Just to give you just a little bit of context on that, uh, before we entered the Go Initiative, our annual budget hovered somewhere around $725,000 a year, and it would have taken us five months to get to $267,000 if we were giving normally before the Go Initiative started. And what we saw in November and December is a group of people who were listening to the Lord and doing what the Lord was asking you to do, and you were living generously. And when I was sitting at my house reflecting on 2023, I just kept thinking, I am so very glad that I get to be a part of this church. You are amazing people. You are seeking the Lord. You are following what he has for us to do. And I just believe God's gonna do even greater things in the year ahead. Amen? Amen. Yeah, let's celebrate. Thanks, Diane, for leading us out. Come on. So as I was thinking about 2024 and thinking about what our theme would be for the year that's in front of us, uh, back in uh, November, I took a day alone with God, a day where I just spend time in prayer and reflection and planning for the year that's coming ahead. And, and as I was doing that, I, I literally wrote out a whole big list of things that I was celebrating from 2023. And it was just an easy, I mean, I just kept writing and writing and writing. And then I sat back and I was looking at that list, some of the things I was just sharing with you, but, but a much longer list than that. And I was just, just looking through each one of those statements. And as I sat there, I was obviously praising the Lord, giving thanks to him. But then as I sat back and was thinking about the year ahead, I just was looking at the list, and this is what I said to the Lord. Lord, I just want more in 24. Just more. More of your presence. More of your spirit's work in my life, in the lives of our church. More people coming to faith. More people stepping into the waters of baptism. More testimonies of lives being changed. People hearing God, challenging them to take steps of faith and then taking those steps of faith and watching God meet them in that and open up new doors of opportunity for impact for his name and his kingdom. 
I started asking the Lord, because I really believe our church is blessed with, with just a, a sense of family. We, we have come together. We are unified. We have one heart, one mind, one purpose. We are pursuing what God has for us, but I was praying for more unity in 24. And I think we need more unity because it's an election year, y'all. And that means there's all kinds of fun in front of us in 24. But wouldn't it be great if when people interacted with people from Lakeview, that they said, man, I don't know what it is about those people, but they're not partisan. They love everyone. And they're working to bring people together and bring unity in our community, reconciliation between people who, quite frankly, in our world hate each other that we would be an example of what it looks like to live together and dwell together in unity. I was praying for more of that in the year that's in front of us. And I was praying for God to give us more, more connections out into our community. If I could just say one thing that I hope will be true of us in 24 is that what we do in here will get unleashed and we will go outside of the walls of this church and we will get more and more involved in our community like never before and that we will do outreach and we will meet needs and we will connect with people and we will make a difference personally as families and as a church body and I'm praying for more of that kind of stuff to happen in 2024. So our theme for 2024, if you haven't caught on yet, is more in 24. And it comes from Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, where Paul writes these words. Now all glory to God, to the one who is able to do infinitely more than we could ask or think. God's done great things in 2023, but I'm praying for him to do more in 24, infinitely more than all that we could ask or think. So church, I'm just, I'm calling us right at the beginning of this new year to just lean in, seek God for more of his presence, more of his work so that he gets more glory from what happens here at Lakeview Church. Amen. This morning, we're starting a brand new message series. So if you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to turn with me to the book of Ephesians. That's where we're gonna be all throughout the month of January. And we're gonna start this morning, this new series that we're calling Inside Out. And we're gonna start in Ephesians chapter three. So again, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter three. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. The words are gonna be on the screen. You can follow along. We try to do that every single week so that what we're reading from the scriptures, you can see and read for yourself. Uh, if you don't have a Bible and you'd like to have one, we have extra copies and we would love to put one in your hand so you can just visit the desk right back there at the back of the sanctuary as you're heading out this morning and just ask them for a Bible and we will put one in your hands. This is a brand new message series called Inside Out and it's really a message series that's designed to help us see that God wants to do a work in and through our lives. And what I hope that you will discover, and we're going to spend actually a lot of time on this this morning, is that the work of God in and through our lives actually begins at the soul level. It begins deep inside of who we are and that God changes us there first. And then it begins to work its way out into how we live our lives how we then relate to each other in community and how we go out into the world to make a difference. And so that's why we're calling this series Inside Out because that's how God works from the inside of our lives 
outside. And so we're going to walk through that in this series. And this morning, we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 3 with a message that I've just simply entitled Spiritual Fervency. How do we become people who have a spiritual fervency to see God do whatever he wants to do in and through our lives? So Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 14. This is what it says. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know his love, this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Lord, as we turn our attention now to your word and just hear what it has to say for our lives, would you speak to us from your word this morning? Would you instruct us in what you want us to know so that we can then live the way that you want us to live? Lord, we love you and we praise you. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. I chose these verses for our message this morning because I, as I was studying the book of Ephesians over the last few months, I really saw in these verses a picture, a biblical picture of what spiritual growth looks like. And if I could just kind of open my pastor's heart for you this morning, it is that if, if anything could happen in your life in 2024, it would be that you would grow spiritually. In fact, as I've been praying for you, I've been praying that, that 2024 would be the best year of your life. And if this is the best year of your life, spiritually, it will be the best year of your life. If God does everything that he wants to do in and through your life in the year that's in front of us, this will be the best year you've ever had. No matter how many years you've lived and no, no matter how many great years are behind you, this will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. And that's what I've been praying for you, that you would experience spiritual growth. And I think it begins with understanding the biblical picture that God has for us. And I wanna kind of unpack this from these verses by giving you a series of statements. I think there are five statements that are gonna help us get a sense of what Paul is praying here for the followers of Jesus in the city of Ephesus. And I think they apply to us today. The first statement is this, that you would be spiritually strong. That you would be spiritually strong. And we see this in verse 16. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. You see, God wants you to have a spiritual strength. And this is important to understand because, because the world needs us as God's people to be a certain kind of person. God needs us and the world needs us to be the kind of people who can go into dark places and bring light. God needs us to be the kind of people who when we go into the places in our world where we might be tempted to get pulled off course from what God has for us, that we would have the strength to resist temptation and to stand strong. 
God needs us to be the kind of people that when we face the enemy who is going back and forth in this world looking for someone to devour, that we would be able to take our stand and stand strong and firm in the face of the attacks of the enemy. God needs us to be people, not just who are saved, not just people who believe in Jesus and who are on their way to heaven. That's good and that's important, but God wants more for your life. God wants more for your life than just for you to be saved and on your way to heaven. God wants you to be spiritually strong. He wants you to be the kind of person that can stand for him in an ungodly world. So that no matter what forces are coming against your life, you won't waver. You won't turn to the left or the right, but you will stand strong. This is God's desire for your life. And I'm gonna just encourage you because I think some of you have come into the the faith and you've believed in Jesus. Your sins are forgiven. You're on your way to heaven. Praise God. That's important. That matters. That, That makes a difference. But you've thought that was the goal. And I'm just telling you, that's just the start line. God wants to take you to new places and make you the kind of person that he really wants you to be, a person who is spiritually strong. Second statement, you'd be spiritual, spiritually strong in your inner being. In your inner being. Again, verse 16, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being. Sometimes we get spiritual growth confused. We think that spiritual growth is just self-help dressed up in religious language. So we decide that we're going to make our lives more of of what God wants them to be. And notice what I just said, that we're going to make our lives what God wants them to be. And that's where the error begins. That we think somehow we can make our lives what God wants them to be. And I'm just telling you, you're just not that good. You're not that smart. You're not that capable. And yet we often think that we are, and I see it in people's lives all the time. They come to faith in Jesus. They know they couldn't, they couldn't get their sins forgiven on their own. They believe Jesus for that. But then after that, they say, I'll take it from here. And they begin a life of works. And they, they, they try to ramp up their willpower. And they grit their teeth and they try harder and they, they try to build their self-discipline. And they even maybe ask some friends to, if you can hold me accountable, because I'm really trying to live for God and I need to make sure I'm on, on the right track. And, and we, we really kind of flex our spiritual muscles and we try to change our lives to be what God wants them to be. And I'm telling you, that's not the spiritual growth God has in mind. Now, some of you are saying, so I don't need willpower. I don't need self-discipline. I don't need accountability. I did not say that. I think willpower has a place in our lives. I think self-discipline is important. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. So just just know it's okay. You can have self-discipline. You should have self-discipline. You should have self-control. It matters. And accountability is not a bad thing. I think it's great for us to come together as a community and help one another in our journeys. But I just want to make sure that you're not making the error that you are changing your life. You do not have the power to change your life. You don't have the power for that. 
You need God to do a work in you at the soul level. Deep inside of who you are. Don't begin on the outside and try to flex your muscles and become the person God wants you to be. No, let God do a miracle on the inside of you to change literally the bent of your soul. Because we're born bent away from God. We rebel. We want to go our own way. But by God's power, he can do a miracle and change the desires of our hearts to desire to do what he wants. And when we have that at the core of our being, guess what happens? Our behavior changes. Discipline and willpower follow that miracle at the soul level. God wants us to be spiritually strong, but it doesn't begin out here. It begins in here, in our inner being. Third statement, that you'd be spiritually strong in your inner being through the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. I want you to think about this because in essence, what we've done is we've talked about what spiritual growth is, right? That we would become spiritually strong. And we've talked about where it happens. It happens first on the inside, but now we're talking about how it happens. How does spiritual growth happen in our lives? It happens when the Holy Spirit goes to work on the inside of us and does what we cannot do for ourselves. And I want to just remind you again, you're going to hear me say this over and over and over again. It's not your work. You're not that good. You're not that smart. You need the Holy Spirit to work inside of you and do for you what you cannot do for yourself. And here's the most beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. He wants to. You don't have to beg him. You don't have to plead with him. You don't have to hope. He wants to, no, he wants to. More than anything else, he wants to do this work inside of you. All you have to do is just open up and say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, pour out your work in my life and do whatever you wanna do. Rearrange the furniture, move the things that aren't of you, get rid of the things that, that don't honor God, push them out and bring in things that look like Jesus. Do whatever you wanna do in me. It's the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that makes us the people that God wants us to be. Statement number four. You would be spiritually strong in your inner being through the work of the Holy Spirit so Christ will dwell in your heart and you will live in his love. Again, we're, we're getting a biblical picture of what spiritual growth is and we've talked about what it is that you'd be strong. We've talked about where it happens in your inner being. We've talked about how it happens through the work of the Holy Spirit. But why? Why does spiritual growth matter? Because Jesus himself wants to dwell in your heart. You yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit do whatever he wants to do in you. And what begins to happen is this relationship with Jesus begins to grow and develop. Jesus begins to live in your heart and dwell in your heart. And you begin to have a closeness with him like you've never had before. And the closer you get to Jesus, the more you get rooted in his love. 
See, I think we, un- we misunderstand spiritual growth. We think it's all about our work that we do to make ourselves better people and we get bound up in religious activity and we start thinking it's about obligations and, and, and rituals and routines that we do in our lives. And again, all of those things can have their place and their purpose, but, but we can very easily get into a works-based religion that becomes legalistic and it just sucks all of the life out of it. And some of you are there. Some of you are there in your spiritual journey. It has become work for you because you are approaching the Christian faith as a religion. Can I just tell you, get rid of that in Jesus' name. That is not not what Jesus intends spiritual growth to be. Jesus wants to come into your life through the Holy Spirit and change you from the inside out. And as you begin to be changed, it's it's not about more works and rituals and religion. It's about relationship. It's about love. One of the things that's been so, so precious to me over the last several months is just in my own prayer times, just having these moments of putting all the prayer requests aside, all the things that I want from God. And I've got lists, pages of lists of things that I'm praying for God to do in our church, in our community, in our world. Lists of what I want to see God do in family and friends. And I've got lists, but one of the most precious things this year has just been pushing, pushing those aside And just say, Jesus, I love you. Just being with him. It gets sweeter and sweeter. And if you find yourself today lost in dead, cold religion, I'm telling you, get rid of that in Jesus' name. God has more for you in the year ahead. Learn to love him. Learn to love him because that's what it's all about. It's not about more activity and more religion and more practice. It is about you knowing who Jesus is and loving him in your heart. And I want to encourage you to make that your prayer for this year. Statement number five. I think I need one of those tissues, Jared. I don't need a whole box, just one. Thank you. I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not, so I won't say I'm sorry. So, Number five, you would be spiritually strong in your inner being through the work of the Holy Spirit. So Christ will dwell in your heart and you will live in his love until you are filled with the fullness of God. This is where Paul gets to the end result of spiritual growth. What's the end result? It's that you would be filled up with God. This is a way for Paul to talk about what it looks like for us to be mature. If you look at verse 19, he says that you will be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. In other words, you would become a person that would be so full of God that you would look like him. 
that you would think like he thinks, that you would feel like he feels, that when you walk into a situation, the way that you respond in that situation would be the way God would respond if he were living your life in that moment, in that situation. This is what God's desire is for us, to grow us up into maturity. And what maturity is, is simply being like God, being full of his character and his nature and his attributes, becoming more and more and more like him so that when we go out into the world, guess what we're doing? We're carrying the person of who God is into every situation, every circumstance, every place we go and everything that we do. And when that happens, guess what? Guess what God gets? Glory, honor, praise from the way that we live our lives. What is the end result of spiritual growth? That you and I would look like God, that we would be full of God full of his character and his nature and his attributes so that whatever we face, whatever we go through, God is what people see in our lives. And that's what we want as God's people. Now, as I think about this biblical picture of spiritual growth, I think there are three lessons that we can learn. I'm gonna go through them very quickly this morning. So what do we learn from this biblical picture of spiritual growth? There are probably more than three things that we could learn, but These are three that I think are really important as we begin the new year. And the first is this. The goal of the spiritual journey is not conversion. It is maturity. Now I want to be really, really clear because we make conversion a big deal here at Lakeview. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, we want you to experience conversion. Conversion is the word that we sometimes use to describe what happens to a person when they make a decision to follow Jesus. Because in reality, what's going on is you're going one direction away from God. And when you come to faith in Jesus, you're changing direction. That's why it's called a conversion. It's a change. You're going a different direction now. And that really matters. It's one of the most important decisions a person can make in his or her life. And so we make a big deal about it and we invite people to do it all the time to convert from one way of living to another way of living. And it is the trajectory changing moment of life. But I wanna be really, really clear. Conversion is not the goal. It has never been the goal. Jesus did not come to convert you. Jesus came to make you into the person you were originally created to be. And that is a person who looks like God. You were created and formed in his image. And what God is trying to do is bring you back to the place where you are filled with the fullness of God. So if you have recently come to faith, don't stop there. You just stepped up to the starting line. Now you've got to run the race. And here's what scripture promises. The one who started the work in you, he will be faithful to carry it on to completion even until the day of Christ Jesus. So I want to just encourage you, don't stop at conversion. That's not the goal. The goal is maturity. Second lesson, spiritual growth is not our work. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time talking about this because I've already spent time talking about this this morning, but I just wanna reiterate, spiritual growth is not self-help dressed up in religious language. 
You are not the one changing your life. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. It is a miracle of God. When you take steps of faith, when you, when you find strength to overcome temptation, when you, when you look back on your life and you think, the things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. The things I used to want, I don't want them anymore. The way I used to live, the way I used to treat people, I don't do that anymore. You didn't do that on your own. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's why some of you keep hitting a wall in your spiritual growth journey because you're trying to do it on your own. And what you need is the Holy Spirit to get rid of this wall so that you can move forward into what God has for you. I'm telling you right now, it's not your work. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Just yield yourself fully to him and let him do what he wants to do inside of you. Lesson number three, and this is the last lesson, and then we're gonna talk about some things that I think God's calling us to in 2024. Lesson number three is this. Spiritual growth is not something that merely happens to us. It is something that requires our engagement. And this will sound like I'm saying, forget what I said in point two. But I'm not. I need you to always remember point two. It is not your work. It is not your work. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. But spiritual growth is not just something that happens to us. I am not saying to you, just do nothing. Just sit there and wait for God to do something in your life. I'm not saying that at all. Because I don't think that that's how spiritual growth actually works. See, I think that it's the Holy Spirit that actually changes us. We don't have the power to do that. But the Holy Spirit won't change us if we don't put ourselves in places where the Holy Spirit tends to work. So you should come to church not because it's checking off a religious duty or obligation and not because somehow magically when you come to church you're just changed, but because the Holy Spirit tends to do some of his best work when his people are gathered together in worship as one body. I'm not telling you that you don't need to go to a small group. I actually think you should go to a small group because I think change happens best when we're in relationship with other people and together we are all putting ourselves in an environment to say, Holy Spirit, change us. And again, it's not your work. Going to small group changes you not one bit. It's what the Holy Spirit does when you're with other people in the word, in prayer, and having conversation, encouraging and strengthening one another. The Holy Spirit works in the middle of that and does the changing work. So it's not our work, it's the work of the Holy Spirit, but it requires our engagement. John Wesley talked about this a lot. He said that, that these things are called means of grace. Another way to think about them is channels. I, I grew up in church where they said things like, you gotta get under the spout where the glory runs out. Anybody ever heard that? Yep, yep. That, they used to say that all the time at my church. Get under the spout where the glory runs out. And what were they saying? They were saying there are places and spaces in this world where God has already said, I'll be there to change your life. Church, small group community, 
the disciplines or practices of the faith. Those are places not that change us, but that put us in the right position to be changed. And I believe that God is calling us in 2024 to make sure that we're finding ourselves in spaces and places where the Holy Spirit has already said, I'm gonna meet you there. And if you'll show up there and do what you can do, I'm gonna show up and do what only I can do. Because I really believe more than anything else in this year in front of us, God wants to change us spiritually as a church. Wherever we are starting today, and we're all at different places in our journey, and that's fine. That's the beauty of a church community. Some of us are thinking about beginning. Some of us have just started. Some of us have been walking this road for a long, long, long time. And everywhere in between, we're all at different places. But my prayer is that wherever we're at today, God would just take us further, more in 24 more steps in the journey, more growth, more advancement in what God has for us and what God wants to do through us. So there are three spaces that I think God's calling us into right here in January at the beginning of the year. I'm gonna give them to you real quick and then I'm gonna talk about ways that you can actually lean into them. So the first one is the word. And by the word, I mean the Bible, scripture, the word of God. I'll say something that might sound just a little bit tiny controversial. The word of God doesn't change your life. The Holy Spirit changes your life as you read the word of God. It is the Holy Spirit's work that makes the word of God alive and active. So when you read and you hear the voice of God speaking to you, that's the Holy Spirit doing work in your life. Lots of people have read the word of God with no sensitivity or yieldedness to the Holy Spirit and it didn't change them. But when we start tuning in to the Holy Spirit, we get to, we get to be transformed by him. And I want you this year as you read the Bible to, to literally think about it when you open up the word of God just think about creating a sacred space wherever you're at. It could be Starbucks, could be your living room, could be your, your desk at work, could be the bench in the park, where, wherever you're at. When you open the word of God, just think about it creating a sacred space around you. And I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit, God, come into this space and just meet with me. Speak to me. I don't want you to just read the word as some religious activity. I want you to read the word as a room where you could meet with the Holy Spirit and let him just do something in your life this year. Secondly, prayer. Prayer is talking to God. And it's when we pray, when we are positioning ourselves in communion with God and we're saying, God, come do something in our lives right now. God wants to do that. And then the third space is fasting. Fasting is when we give up something that's precious to us. It's usually food, but it doesn't have to be food. And we give that up and we begin to seek God and, and we begin to position ourselves for, for God to, to be able to more clearly speak to us and do a work in our hearts and in our lives. And this year, as, as, we, as we close out this very first Sunday of the year, I wanna just challenge you with three very specific challenges for those spaces. 
The first one is this. I want to encourage you to begin this month, begin it tomorrow, begin it today if you want, but just a daily Bible reading plan. You might already have a daily Bible reading plan, and if you do, keep going. You don't need to change. Just do the Bible reading plan. Just daily get in the Word of God, create that sacred space, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. But if you don't have a Bible reading plan, I want to encourage you to get one. And the one that we're using here at Lakeview this year is the one-year Bible. The one-year Bible readings are available on our website. You can also find them if you've got the Version app. You can just search the one-year Bible. You'll find that. Don't worry about going back and making up the days you've missed. Just mark them done. Check, 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 and then start today or tomorrow. It's perfectly fine. Permission granted. Okay, don't stress out. Just start, start with today's reading or tomorrow's reading, whenever you want to begin, and just journey with us for the rest of the year, one-year Bible. And if you say, you know, I don't like websites and I don't like version apps and all that stuff, I just want a paper copy. We have paper copies of the one-year Bible that we will give you for free. They're at our desk in the back, and all you got to do is just stop by and say, I'd like to have a one-year Bible. We'll put one in your hands. If we run out, don't worry, we'll get more, Okay. We want you to have it. We want you to journey with us. Daily Bible reading. Secondly, participate in 21 days of prayer. Pastor Jared did a great job talking to us about the prayer services. I want to just encourage you to be with us tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. right here in the sanctuary. I know it's early. I know it's hard. It's cold. It's January. Me too. Me too. But I just go back to what David said. I will not offer to God something that costs me nothing. It costs to come at 6 a.m. 100% it costs. But I want to seek God in a way that he knows I'm serious about it. Because I want everything he has for me. And I know some of you say, well, I, I, I got to get to work or, or that doesn't fit my schedule. I'm just telling you, make it fit. Do what you got to do. Come for a little bit and leave if you got to leave. If you can't be here right at six, come at 6.15. Just, just come in and let's seek the Lord together. And if you absolutely 100% cannot be here on the weekdays, Saturday mornings, 9 a.m., be here. Let's seek God together in 21 days of prayer. I'm telling you, let's give the first of our year to the Lord and let's see what God wants to do in and through us. And then the last thing is this, start this new year with a fast. I'm calling our church to fast at the beginning of the year. It's a way to position ourselves to just say, God, we want more of you, more of your presence. And we want you to hear us when we call out to you. In the book of Isaiah chapter 58, verse five, it says this, is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them, not to turn away from your own flesh and blood, Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. As I've been reading those verses over the last couple of days, I've just been reminded that there's a connection between fasting and experiencing the presence of the Lord. There's a connection between fasting and crying out to God and having him hear our voice. It's not a way to manipulate God. It's not a way to earn God's favor. It's just a way to put us in a place where we are closer to God 
in a position where he can do whatever he wants to do in and through our lives. So I'm calling every one of us, old, young, and everyone in between to fast as we begin this year because our world needs the people of God to be the people of God. They will not find the way if we do not lead them. So I am calling on us to be leaders in our community and in our world by seeking God with all that we have. You say, how do we fast? Well, there are lots of different kinds of fasts and I'm not gonna take time because we're out of time this morning, but if you go right back to that table, our 21 days of prayer table, there's a sheet that looks just like this. It's two-sided. It has verses of scripture that talk about fasting on the front and on the back, it talks about different kinds of fast. It doesn't matter which one you choose. There's not one of these that's more spiritual than another or more effective than another. It's just which one is God leading you to do? And I wanna just encourage you to take this today. And if we run out, let us know, we'll get more copies because we want you to have it. I think it's also on our website. You can find this information. But listen, here's the deal. Pick a fast and fast for these next 21 days. Give something up and whatever time you would have spent pursuing that, pursue God and see what God will do in your life and in our church. So Father, this morning, as we come to the end of this service, I just wanna pray what I have prayed so many days over the last two months. More. God, we just want more. More of you. More of your spirit. More of your presence. More of your work. More miracles, God. More miraculous works of your hand. More life change. More people coming to faith, more baptisms, more, more awe and wonder at who you are and how you are working, God, more. Would you give us more? And God, as we position ourselves in the year ahead, I pray that you would do something that only you could get the credit for. God, we love you, we praise you, we honor you this morning. And we just thank you for being such a good God, one that we love to follow and one that we want to get closer to in the days ahead. We love you and we praise you and we pray it in Jesus' name. Pastor Jared, come and close this out.